everybody, it's Terry McDougall with Marketing Mambo, and I am so excited to bring you this week's guest. Her name is Kellen Brugman, and she is an Ayurvedic holistic health coach. She's also a master yoga practitioner, and she came to this career 20 years ago after having been a marketer for a number of years. And we'll talk about how marketing prepared her very well for being somebody who needs to go in and listen and sometimes diagnose and help people to reach their goals, whether it's from a mind, body, health standpoint. And let's face it, all of us could use a little bit of help when it comes to being in the right place from a mind, body, and health standpoint. So I think you're going to be really interested in what Callan has to offer today. I'll just give you a little preview of a quote that she shared from Goethe. The universe acts as our advocate when we take the steps we know are necessary. I just absolutely love that. And that's just one of the many tidbits that you'll enjoy when you listen to the rest of this episode. And speaking of taking the steps that you know are necessary, if you're in a situation at work where you're not reaching the goals, you're not getting the results that you'd like to get, and you could use a little bit of help figuring out how to achieve your professional goals, and then reach out to me and set up a free exploratory call. Go to terrybmcdougall.com and you'll see my calendar there. You can set up a free exploratory call and I can help you get clarity on your goals, help you to build that roadmap, and importantly, shift your mindset so that you actually believe that that's possible. And Kellen and I will also talk about that, the whole law of attraction. So now, without further ado, let the Mambo begin. Welcome to Marketing Mambo with your host, Terry McDougall. It's the fun and fast podcast where we cha-cha-chat with marketing movers and shakers from around the globe. It's Terry with Marketing Mambo, and I am so excited today to bring you Kellen Brugman. She is somebody who many years ago we met when we were working for a large national bank, and she got her start in her career in financial services, moved into marketing, and then at some point decided to break out on her own and become the yoga entrepreneur that she is today. So, Kellen, Welcome to Marketing Mongo. How are you? Thank you, Terry. I am well. Happy to be reunited with you in this new realm. Yeah, me too. Well, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on, I mean, first of all, I just think you're a delightful person and so interesting and have done some really interesting things in your life. But I also think it's so cool how people can kind of come through marketing as a career and really pivot in so many different directions. And you've done some super interesting things since we last worked together, which is like, gosh, almost 20 years ago at this point. But I'd like to open it up and let you introduce yourself because I feel like I just sort of scratched the surface of who you are and what you do. So Kellen, tell us more about you. All right. Well, for 10 years, 
I worked in corporate banking on customer service and then in the marketing areas. In that position, I was supporting institutional trust and retirement savings plans. And now what I do is I actually help companies and people, because I work both with individuals and with corporations, using holistic well-being with my background and my certifications in Ayurveda as an Ayurvedic practitioner, as a yoga teacher, and then also a holistic wellness coach. And so what I do is help people come up with plans so that they're using plans, spiritual assets, what I call, to help create self-care routines and lead wellness adventures. What I love doing now is helping people look at their wellness portfolios and look at what they're doing, what they're eating is like an asset, what could be a liability, and how to come up with daily and then seasonal plans, you know, and just like in the investment world, you, you look at like, as we did at Wachovia, the, the banking industry in those four quarters. And so I use the four seasons and how does one change how they're investing into their holistic well-being as the seasons change too. And that's what Ayurveda is. Ayurveda is learning how to live in harmony. And I use the word harmony instead of balance because balance, we kind of think it's got to be at an exact point. But harmony is learning how to flow with change. And that's all what, what Ayurveda does, because the more one is centered in what we call in Ayurveda, their natural body-mind constitution, the easier it is to flow with change. Yeah, that's yeah. so cool, Callan. I mean, I love so many things that you talked about. First of all, I love how you characterized what you do as helping people go on a wellness adventure. And mm. then I definitely want to delve more into Ayurveda and that whole idea of being in harmony, because I agree with you when we talk about balance, you sort of think of that teeter-totter or something being on a pinpoint balance, right? And Mm -hmm. there's just so many different factors and aspects that we encounter in our lives that it would be really difficult to think about it as finding that perfect point of balance, like the flow. I just think Mm -hmm. that's such a better way to think about it. But before we get into what you're doing now, I want to go back to your story. This is Marketing Mambo. So I always like to start with how did you get into the world of marketing? Let's go back to how did you get started in your career? Mm. Well, my whole career from post-college to where I'm at today has been due to both the Holy Trinity of what I call my dream, what I planned, and then holy chaos. (laughs) Because you know, my plans were to be an investment banker in Chicago after graduation. And my mother was diagnosed with a terminal illness. And so I decided to stay back in Michigan. And from that, the first banking job was in institutional trust and retirement services. And it was working as customers support. And I felt it wasn't creative enough. I had a liberal arts background. And that was both business with a finance major, but then also a creative professional writing minor. And so I really needed something more creative. And I had an opportunity to transfer down to North Carolina for Wachovia Bank. And at first I was in the same field, but then through what I call just a little holy chaos in my dreams, um, landed in a more creative part of the bank marketing. And from there, being able to use my writing skills a bit more. I was with a more creative team of folks. And so I really loved that environment. And then from the stress of the corporate world, I started taking yoga 
classes and I started feeling better. And then I realized like just how much I loved teaching as well. So I felt really lucky that at that moment, that was like, that was mid nineties, that right there doing my job, a new career opened up as well. So that takes me to the marketing path in the corporate world to when I just started to do a little, what I call spiritual bushwhacking um, onto like the, the new career path of that's led to where I'm at today. But yeah, it all, it, mm-hmm. it was rooted, it was rooted in marketing. I loved it mm-hmm. because I feel like there was a goal and it was serving and helping a client in the corporate world. What is their goals for success? Mm-hmm. And then what I do now is using some of those marketing principles and that mm-hmm. experience for sure as to how can I help my clients now reach their health and wellness goals so that they feel success, mm-hmm. not just in their body, but in, in their mind, in their relationships, in their career, with their creativity as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. And you and I met whenever you moved from institutional trust into marketing where I was working Mm -hmm. and we were supporting that business. So it actually was a really great benefit to have somebody coming out of the actual business Mm. into marketing because you were knowledgeable about it. And I chuckle a little bit because writing about institutional trust and using that in the same sentence as creative, I find a little bit funny. (laughs) But uh, right, but right. obviously, we know that when you're doing B2B marketing and financial services, like the creativity might be a little bit narrow, but there is some creativity there for sure. We get yeah. to pick the words and the pictures and the colors and everything that go along with marketing it. And we certainly had a lot of fun doing some of the events that we did. There's certainly a, an ability to be creative there. But I also sense from talking to you that you're sort of in touch with, I think you, you called it like your spiritual chaos but that you are in touch with your intuition, right? And that mm, you're being guided mm-hmm. by that because going from having an ambition to be an investment banker, which I did marketing for investment banking and boy, what a hard nosed, you know, it's, it's lucrative, but boy, it is a hard profession to starting your own yoga venture. It's an interesting journey that you've been on. Mm, it has. And what's really neat is this past, Six months, especially, but I would say six months to this past year with a lot of, you know, changes in the macro world, it's been like a a homecoming of ways and full circle, both a homecoming and full circle, because coming back to just really seeing how my early education and my career in the corporate world was and is a integral part of how I am working now as Ayurvedic practitioner, consultant, Mm -hmm. and holistic wellness coach, and um, a yoga teacher. And what I realized is that in the financial world, one is always looking at what's happening in the macro economy to the micro economy. And Mm -hmm. my my love of that, and that that love came from my finance teachers at St. Mary's. And I thought, gosh, this just feels so natural to me. I just I love this perspective. And now it's like that's Ayurveda, the sister science to yoga, is the art and science of looking at the macro world to the micro world, which is the human being. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like what you said, my career path, it was dreams. It was plans. I had plans of wanting to do something different. And then it was holy chaos. You know, it was the holy chaos could have been anything from 
just a change of management at the bank where I was like, hmm, I'm just not like working here anymore. Or it could have been another change in my life, a relationship ended, or even the change when my mom passed that I didn't go into investment banking. And instead, I stayed in the Detroit area. And that holy chaos was a force that was part of what I call the divine blueprint of my life, um, of where Mm -hmm. I'm at. Mm -hmm. Which leads back to what you said about the intelligence, that divine intelligence, the intuition is so key. Yeah, it's one of those things that's really interesting as I'm hearing you talk about this too, is that I think that there can be a real tendency, and I certainly see it a lot in my coaching, where I really focus on executive and career coaching. And a lot of times people will come to me with this idea that there's a silver bullet right? That like, oh, I want to get promoted. And if I can only get my resume right, that I'll be able to move to that. And I'm not an Ayurvedic coach, but I always believe that we have to start with us, right? We have to start Mm -hmm. with us as individuals and really get clear on what's my goal? Like, what does my heart say? What does my gut say? What do I feel from a spiritual and intuitive standpoint? And sometimes at the beginning of a, a coaching relationship or in the exploratory calls, people are sometimes like a little skeptical of that because they kind of look at the business world as like black and white, right? And that Mm -hmm. somebody's like desires and creativity and the things that they just are don't matter. And I, I think that it couldn't be furthest from the truth that even if you're in the most square of business roles, that of course you have to bring yourself to it. And that's the only way that it's really sustainable, right? That we can't just say, oh, here's a box. I'm going to contort myself to fit into that. Like, that's just not really a sustainable way to live or to lead your career. What do you think about that? Yes, I love that. And I understand that because for, I don't know, 10 years of my life being in the corporate world and Back then, in the early 90s to 2000, and then back then, it, this like yoga, uh, spirituality, meditation, that wasn't even in the corporate world. Maybe out in California at the time it might have been, but it wasn't in Michigan or North Carolina where I lived. But what is beautiful about what you just said, that both the strategy and the energy of planning and dreaming merge and can co-create career goals, wellness goals, marketing goals, client success goals, marriage goals, educational Mm -hmm. goals, and all of that. And with that, having a plan and structure to one's goals is important because if we look at the analogy of energy-efficient windows, that's air pressed into structure, two panes of glass. And with Ayurveda and yoga, the air element is associated with creativity and imagination, uh, the air and the space element, actually, because, you know, daydreaming, (laughs) it's drifting off into space, and then the mind is imagining. And so the air that's compressed into the space between two structures of glass, you know, one's dreams and desires what they daydream needs a plan and structure, mm-hmm. just as much as plan and structure needs imagination. And you can call that imagination. It's with clients, they say affirmations, it could be prayer, it could be dream, but something in that spiritual realm. And science proves this now. That's the beauty of it, because we now know thought creates biology. And then mm-hmm. with the Eastern art and science, Ayurveda is the art and the science of living in harmony with 
the macro to oneself, body, mind, spirit, is that what we call prana, and prana is a vital life energy. Prana follows thought, and then, of course, thought creates biology, mm-hmm. right? So it is just the most subtle energies that are as real and as functional as when we look at the more solid matters and energies of life, which is, you know, fire, water, and earth, right? Mm-hmm. So all of that comes together in a beautiful way with Ayurveda. And I feel like for folks to be able to just have little bits of what I call holistic wellness or spirituality, when I've worked with corporate clients, whether it's individuals or corporations like Aveda or Lululemon, I see the corporate goals succeed more when people start bringing in holistic wellness and spirituality. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really respecting the humanity in organizations. Mm. And hopefully the corporate world is waking up to this. And actually, I, I think that a lot of the things that we're seeing coming out of this COVID crisis with people not wanting to go back to work or the great resignation is in response to a lot of organizations that have not recognized that they're actually made up of human beings and that there is a lot more to what could be done in these organizations if they would recognize people on more than just, you know, it's a body to fill this role, that there's a lot more to people than just that. Oh, for sure. I love that phrase, respecting the humanity in the corporate world. Yeah. And it's interesting because we look at the term human resources. <laughs> and it, yeah, it's not corporate resources. That's something different. But yeah, human resources. What are the resources to bring the humanity back into the workday? Um, I just had a Zoom virtual event with the GI clinic out in Sansom Hospital in Santa Barbara. And the director of that department, when I was living in Santa Barbara, I'd go in live and we'd call it just moments of wellness on Fridays. And they had half days. And she recognized that this was so important for her staff to have something that was stress relief and they were being pampered and inspired. And so, yeah, for more human resources department to do that, it's showing appreciation for their staff, and then also its investments in the corporation itself, because as stress levels decrease, productivity increases, creativity, imagination, innovation, teamwork, sick days go down. So it really is something like what we're talking about. It's as important as paying the electric bill for your building to keep the energy moving, investing in wellness events, and whatever that is helping to keep the energy moving and flowing in the people, the employees, the staff. I think that we are all so much more valuable and have so much more to give than sometimes we give ourselves credit for, quite frankly. I think it's super interesting. And I've found in in my coaching that a lot of times, like when we get deep down inside, that people really give too much credit to external validation of their worthiness. I'm just wondering if you find that in your own coaching. Oh, absolutely. Yes. For sure, because what I see in clients is once one starts to actually pause and reflect versus just doing and react, you know, there's a difference there, then one can really start connecting with what we say is that their higher self, their soul, and start communication, which is both inquiry and listening. And so that voice within 
starts just to become louder. And that voice is, it's that voice of truth. It's that voice of when one was younger, what they dreamed of doing. And even with corporate clients where they're in the corporate world, they love it. Or maybe it's just that phase of their life where it's like, this is what I need to be doing is basically what they can do is like still weave in what are their creative dreams? What is it they got joy from when they were younger? And look at, can I do something weekly? Can I do something for five minutes every day that reconnects one to their heart, their soul, their spirit? And that often to almost always is enough to rejuvenate the body, the mind, and the spirit. I, I agree with you so wholeheartedly on this. And you know, a lot of times when I'm working with people, they'll tell me like, okay, I'm not happy in this situation, but I really don't know what I want. And I always believe that deep down inside, really deep down, we do know what we want, but we've kind of paved over that spring, that connection where things bubble up from our deepest, most wise and connected places. And to your point, if you will dedicate a little bit of time, even if you're just getting a few little drops out, right? You know, Mm -hmm. whatever, if you like listening to music or making music or being creative or dancing or whatever it is, those things that like when you're a child that you enjoy doing, I think that that's when we are so connected to who we're really meant to be. If we can start to do those things again and not judge ourselves about it, that we can reconnect to that part of ourselves where true authenticity and validation comes from. Mm-hmm. You know, you've mentioned Ayurveda. I don't know how to say it that well. Ayurveda. <laughs> That's um, it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Can you define that? Because I think that we all we see it, and there's definitely more focus on this getting back in touch and more natural way of being authentic and having renewed respect for the ancient wisdom. But Mm. tell us more about, like, specifically, what is Ayurveda? So it's commonly called the sister science to yoga. And so its roots are in the uh, Himalayas, northern India, Pakistan. And the word is a Sanskrit word, and it's two words. And so the first is Ayu, A-Y-U, and that means life. And Veda is study of. And so it came about, it was 5,000 years ago, that ancient seekers were seeking just truth, ease, joy, something that was more fulfilling than what was the day-to-day grind, shall we say. And they started watching the universal world, the mac- what we call the, the macro world, the weather, the change of seasons, the geography of a place. And started to watch how everything started to affect the micro world, which is the body, the mind. And so Ayurveda is that which looks at the relationship between the human being and the macro world and how one can live in harmony through changes of seasons, through weather changes, through changes of life. And then with that, the macro world is made up of the five basic elements, which is space, air, fire, water, and earth. And so is the body and the mind, the mind on a more subtle level. So everyone has all five elements in their body. But some people got a little more dose of fire. Some people got a little more air. Some people got a little more water. And Ayurveda takes those five elements and breaks them into what we call the three doshas. And that's the body, mind, 
And so the vata dosha is the space and the air element, primarily air, and it governs the nervous system. And then the pitta dosha is the fire and the water element with water being oily, but it's primarily the fire element and that governs digestion. And then kapha is the water and earth element, water as a cool substance. And kapha is the structure in the body. So it's like the bones, the muscles, which structure is protective and it also is cohesive. And so with Ayurveda, the goal is once one understands their unique constitution, because with vata, pitta, kapha, some people are primarily just vata. Some people are vata, pitta. Some people are pitta, kapha. So once one understands what their body mind is made up, then one can start making daily, weekly, seasonal lifestyle, food choices, Mm -hmm. relationship choices, career choices that support who they are. And it all can get tied to Shakespeare, to thine own self be true. Well, if we don't know one's true self, our body, mind, makeup, it's hard to be true to oneself. Yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah. So ho- hopefully that's a little bit of a nutshell that's not too hard to crack that nut. Well, how how does one find find out more about their own nature? Mm. Well, so an Ayurvedic practitioner is educated and experienced to do a consultation. A consultation in person would include a pulse analysis. But when I work with clients virtual these days, I know what to look for. So those five elements, how are those five elements showing up in a client's speech? Are they talking really fast? Their sentences all over the place, incomplete sentences. That's more of the air element mm-hmm. or half a person who talks slow, like James Earl Jones. And I, they're smooth, steady, moving like water voice, right? Or the pizza type person who's just to the point, sharp voice. To the point, sharp is that sharp quality of pitta. So as a practitioner now with more virtual things, it's really looking at the person's body, their eyes, their posture, their voice, uh, you know, all of that to see like what their natural constitution is. And then through what we call just like an intake form, what are the imbalances with digestion, with sleep, with stress, anxiety, and every dosha manifests differently. And also what system it comes in. So it's like a vata person, their stress will show up primarily like in the nervous system, a pitta person, their um, digestive system. There was a client I saw this week at a spa here. I did an acupressure session and she was pitta predominant and her head was so hot. Her feet were cold, which shows heat rises in her head. And she had digestive issues. And anytime I was doing some acupressure that I could feel like it was helping to release stress from her body, her stomach would gurgle. And that's that kind oh. of pitta. Huh. Yeah, it's, it's wow. so fascinating, Terry. Yeah, it's really amazing. And a kapha person will tend to, you know, have water retention. So maybe like the edema in their skin or put on weight, like that stress type mm-hmm. eating. So it's really amazing yeah. knowing one's true nature, body, mind. It's so empowering to know what are the choices that just goes back to what you just said earlier about being true to oneself, listening to that inner voice. And it, it makes all decisions easier. And it's a system, too, of expansion because a lot of people think, oh, if I'm kapha, I can't eat sweets again. Or if I'm pizza, I can't eat, enjoy my chili dogs. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm vata, I can't eat potato chips. I say, no, it's just knowing when one can and one can't. You know, when yeah. is, you know? 
Yeah, so it's expanded freedom. When people get into balance, I'm sure that maybe they can make choices that under other circumstances they might not be able to, right? And so it's it's so interesting right. that, like, that you're saying that because I'm sure that in some cases people are like, well, I don't want to know because I want to eat my chili dog, right? <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. And, right. and the reality is that if you understand that and then you can make wiser choices, maybe you're not going to have the, the pain that you might normally have. So, so with what you just said, like taking what we just talked about to a coaching client and so realizing someone, for someone who's feeling that they're at a dead end in their career, they feel stuck. They feel confused. Um, they feel worried. Being able to bring it back to one's self-care, like a daily routine, helps one align more with their dream. And it also helps to restore the nervous system back to that state of flow, of clarity, of ease, where one starts to see possibility and potential more than like oh, there's a roadblock up there or this is impossible, right? Yeah, Um, yeah. Yeah. I I love that because it's funny. I look at in my coaching business, a lot of times, obviously, in the beginning, people are talking about all the pain that they feel, right? And it's like, we can listen to that and we can process that. And that's very natural to feel pain, right? And to not want to, maybe to want to vent about it. But at some point, we do have to kind of flip the table and start imagining, okay, if I don't like what I'm getting right now, what is it that I do want, you know, and that's necessary because we typically don't reach our goals if we don't have clarity around what those goals are. And it does, I think, require tuning into our dreams. What do I want? Mm -hmm. Right. And sometimes it's funny because I think people will say, oh, no matter what I do, I always get this. And it's like, well, if you're always focusing on the pain, that's kind of what you're attracting. And it can be scary to like say out loud the thing that you actually want, but it's important to do that if you really want to get it. It is. That's what you touched on is, you know, a little bit of that law of attraction. um, Mm -hmm. And also that going back to prana follows thought, energy follows thought, and thought creates biology. And the other thing that what you said reminds me of with taking the baby steps, I always say the baby steps are the miracles, right? Choosing to change direction is a miracle. A lot of times, Mm -hmm. like for myself, I'll think 10 steps down the road when I'm wanting to do something, I should be at step 10 sooner. And what I'm realizing now for myself is just the miracle of deciding to change and taking that first baby step because that sets Mm -hmm. the momentum and the the new direction. And then there's a quote, one of my Ayurvedic teachers at the Ayurvedic Institute shared a quote by, I think it was a Swiss philosopher, Goethe, G-O-E-T-H-E. The quote is, the universe act as our advocate when we take the step we know are necessary. I love that. Isn't that that. phenomenal? And that's coaching, right? Yeah, it is. And that's the beauty of, I feel like, folks seeking a holistic wellness coach, a business coach. All of that is just that first step in starting to have curiosity, starting to wonder, which is that forward movement versus what you were saying early, like rehashing, going back as to what didn't work, what didn't work. Oh, my life in the corporate world was this, was this, was that. And when we switch to possibility, what am I dreaming of? What do I desire? The universe is like, oh, sweet. Okay, now we can start this movement flowing forward with more ease and grace. Connect all the dots. Yeah, yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. 
Yeah. Well, Kellen, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I love this. I feel like I could talk to you forever and maybe I'll have you back and we can do another episode later on in the year. But before we wrap up, I just want to give you an opportunity to let people know where they can get in touch with you and how they can interact with you if what you've talked about resonates with them. Mm, thanks, Terry. And Yes, I've enjoyed this so much too. Like this has been one of my favorite full circle moments of you and I reconnecting after all these two decades. So thank you. Folks can find me at kellenbrugman.com, K-E-L-L-E-N-B-R-U-G-M-A-N.com. And that's also my Instagram and Facebook as well. And right now I, I live up in Northern Michigan, but for folks that are not living up in that general area. I do virtual consultations, virtual events. I have some upcoming, what I call uh, virtual retreats as well. And I send out a bi-monthly MailChimp campaign that has both educational and inspirational little tidbits on that. And same with my Instagram. I like to blend in Ayurveda with my writing and also goal setting type posts for folks. So that's the best way to get a hold of me. And yeah, that's it. Thank you. Well, I had great. such a great, great time today with you and appreciate you bringing me on the show. Well, it was a pleasure to talk to you. You always challenge me to think bigger. And I feel like this conversation was just another one of those conversations. We've had many of them over the years. And mm-hmm. so folks, you heard it here, HelenBrogman.com go check her out. She does post a lot of really inspirational messages and has some typically really beautiful photography as well. That is, you'll see what an incredible yoga practitioner she is as well. But Kellen, thanks so much. I mean, it is amazing to me about how the whole marketing mindset, being curious and wanting to understand goals and create in order to make things happen can align so closely with coaching because I found the same thing in my life and career. It's interesting. Mm. But thanks for being on again. It was great talking to you. You're welcome, Terry. Thank you. Okay. Bye, Callum. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Marketing Mambo. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, like, and share. I'd love to hear from you. Check out the show notes for my social media and contact information. Until next time, adios. Bumble, bumble,